Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. God is good. That is who He is. And if you don't know that yet, it's because you don't know Him. And that's what we want to do here at Love Life, is we want to introduce you to our friend. And he's an awesome friend to have because he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. That's so cool because what I'm going to talk about uh, this morning is pretty much something that uh, God has helped me through through the years of just recognizing that in those times of, of just the pressures of life or the frustrations or the, the, the places where you, you, you feel let down or you've let your own self down, whatever the case may be, whatever you're going through, there are times when you just, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. And God has really helped me in understanding the choice of courage. And to be courageous is something that I have to choose to do. And I know a lot of times we, we look at people that are successful, we look at, you know, specific athletes or, you know, people you look at and go, they got their act together and they got everything, you know? And, and the truth of the matter is, is they've just made a choice to get where they're at. That's it. They just made a choice. And when we can understand the power of our choice, the power to make a choice to, to change our world, because I'm telling you right now, the choices are changing your world for the better or the bad. But choices are being made. You make them every day, every day. Every day a choice is being made. And that choice is going to take you into blessing or cursing, life or death. That choice of the, you know, the, the third enchilada, it, it, it it's going to hurt you, you know? In other words, you're, you are making choices all the time. Even if you're unaware of it, it's what you do. And a lot of times we just, you know, I think one of the, the dangerous parts is we put life in cruise control. In cruise control, you can never change because it's what you've always done. When it's on cruise control, you, you know, you just, you're not even worried about how, how fast you're going or how slow you're going. It's staying at that certain pace. And so what happens is when we go cruise control in life, we lose out on who we were created to be. We're not created to cruise through life. We're created to own it. I mean, sometimes you got to slow down, but sometimes you got to put that pedal to metal. I like that. Get it down there. Get around. Get to the place you need to get to right? All right, three of you know that. Okay. We're going to talk about courageous, um, living life beyond normal. And believe it or not, until you walk the courageous walk, till you live the courageous life, you will stay normal. And I'm going to tell you right now, normal is robbing you from who you were created to be. Normal is robbing you from who you're created to be. Now think about this, because we look at this as life. We don't look at this as religion, because it isn't. We don't look at this as, a, you know, some church stuff. We, we look at this as life. We, we understand that we gather Sunday, but it's all about Monday, right? 
we gather Sunday or gather Wednesday night, and it's all about Thursday morning. What, what we do know is this is about life. And so when you come to church, I want you to understand that you're getting information for life. You're getting information for your, your personal life, your marriages, your, 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 your parenting, or, or how to be a good worker, a good employee, employer, how, how to be the best that you can be. Excel in everything and anything. And that's what we believe. That's what we expect. I know that's what I do. And I, I want to build in this house uh, more of an understanding of what, what is necessary to be a person that's courageous. And it's going to take an understanding of Scripture and putting it to practice. And I love the faith, and I love our faith. I love our understanding of the faith because, it's, it, like I said, it's so non-religious. It's, it's life. And so when we communicate, it's not, we're not like using Christianese. And I don't know if you, listen, I wasn't a Christian my whole life. I had a guy, you know, witnessing to me. And so when I got into this, I didn't know how to be a, quote, Christian. You know, how you have to go around and go, praise the Lord, hallelujah, brother, you know, stuff like that. And so I didn't know how to do that, so I pretty much was normal, except change was starting to happen in my life. The problem is, is if you hang around people, that are, you know, Christianese, the tendency is you start becoming like them. And, and I went through a journey in my life where, you know, it was like that, where you couldn't, you know, you couldn't wear any shirt unless it had a Jesus sticker on it. No bumper stickers unless it said something about God. It, it just, it, it became something where what religion does, it tries to pull you into being irrelevant in life. That's so, that was so frustrating. And to be honest with you, which I always am, it took me to go to Bible college and to get more screwed up to get free. Believe it or not, two years of Bible college screwed me up so much that I was like going, I got to get out of this mess. And when I got out, God led me to a place where it started breaking down the walls of religion. And to where I finally started to get free. But it, you'd think going to Bible college is what would have done it. No, it made it worse. My hallelujahs started becoming hallelujah. Just real, just crazy stuff. So once I got to the place of, of understanding, say understanding. Because this is the key. Why? Because it's the key to life. Our marriage sucks. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. Understanding. Understanding, bringing understanding in, he gives you empowerment, gives you tools, the ingredients that you need to overcome, win, success, change, understanding. Once we get the understanding, then we start having the change that we want. So the key to life is, is to continue to have understanding. And so the scripture talks about this constantly, especially when, again, when you don't read it religiously and start reading it as it is a manual for life, then what happens is you start looking at words like knowing. You would not believe how many times knowing or to know is in scripture concerning our lives. Knowing Christ. 
That, that's a, that's a, a process, a continual process of information being inputted and put to action. Because you don't know nothing just because you have information in your head. Do you understand that? I know you all do. It's when we hear and do is when the application of wisdom starts operating. You look at someone, you go, that's a wise person. Why? Because they have information? No, because they're acting on it. I mean, I've heard people give me information. They were dumbest people on planet Earth. But they had information. But so what? They had bad character. No integrity. But they had information. Just look ahead. I know that you're probably thinking of, oh, I know that person. Isn't that true? We've seen this. And when I look at the faith, when I start looking at what is it really to be a Jesus follower, I look at character integrity above anything else. You, you, you want to see spiritualism? It's not getting up here and going, hallelujah, I'm moving in the gifts, hallelujah. That ain't spiritualism. When you're a liar, when you're a backbiter, when you're a gossiper, that's not, that's not spiritualism. That's religious fakeism. And a lot of church church people, Christians, get faked out by that stuff. And it happens all the time. But we don't want that. We want life, amen? We want genuine walk. I I talk to uh, uh, quite a few guys in here that, you know, I'll just have a conversation with. You know what our conversation is like? And I am a person that says, it's got to be a God thing. I mean, you can't be always talking about stuff and, and not have God involved in it. But see, that, even that understanding means is we got to speak Christianese, but it's not. Because when you are literally living this thing, you can talk. I was talking to Tim. He's talking about how, God, how he was getting this information. And he was, he's saying how the, the bosses are looking at him saying, man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And what he's doing in his job and we're talking God stuff, and we're just talking job, what God is doing in his life. And I know, and he knows what this is about, but it isn't filled with, hallelujah, praise the Lord, oh God, bless me, God, touch my life. We don't do any of that. We're just talking normal. I talk to many of you, and we talk normal, but we also recognize it's because of God. It's the wisdom. The wisdom of God gave it to me. They'll say, yeah, that, that scripture, that, that message, I put it to work. I put it to practice. And that's how we ought to be. We're never this religious picture. We're the life picture. Life picture. And that's what I want us to be. Uh, my boys, we play, we like to play a video game. And um, in their process of growing into playing this game with me and growing into it, they become very good at it. They're, they're good. They're real good, actually. And I would love to say with all reality that I'm still better than them, but I can't anymore. In my mind, I am. But the thing is, is they're, they're followers of Jesus but they're not religious because their mom and dad isn't. And so they were on a clan and they have communication constantly with people. And they have their own little group of guys, you know, they're about the same age. 
little older, younger. But the adults in the clan, I was asking my, my sons to help them through a raid or help them through, oh, I can't get in that because you know, some of you are like, oh, what? what's he talking about? Things in the video game that are real hard, real hard. And so they'll ask them, and they will always, they'll DM me, they'll, um, they'll, they'll either get through me through Xbox or Discord, and they will tell me, to me, your sons are amazing. They are the most kindest, nicest, and they'll go off on me. And I'm talking about not just one time. It happens all the time. They ain't throwing out, I'm not, well, I, I'm with them. I hear them. They're going, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Ooh, praise God. Ooh, glory to God on this one. Don't chase us, it's Lord. They don't do any of that. Why? Because we don't do that. But they know they're lovers of Jesus. They know they're followers of Jesus. So we don't have to play that game. We have light everywhere we go. Listen, people, it took 1,000 years. It took 1,000 years to get a Bible. But the church grew and became strong over those years with not one scripture, not one Bible. We forget this stuff. Why? Because this is life. It's about you getting information. If it's one sentence, one paragraph, one phrase, and living that, that's light. And that's what we all need to understand. Live the information, amen? Let me give you a definition of, of courageous. The quality of mind, not the how much weight you can bench press, not how fast you can run. The quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc., without fear. Being ready and willing to face negative situations involving danger or pain. Facing situations without fear or facing them despise fear, despite a fear. Courage is not absent of fear. It's acting in the face of fear. So what I need you to understand is, is when we're going through life, you're going to have to have choice. In the difficult situations, in the in the pressure situations, in the areas where you look at yourself and say, I don't know if I have what it takes. But do we ever? Because I don't think anybody starts anything with all that. I believe you grow. It's life. You grow. You grow. You start with the information you have, and you grow. I remember this, the game I play, starting it out, I was really a noob in online gaming. Um, well, I guess not a noob noob because I played another game, but in this type of game. I played player versus player games where you're playing against someone else that could live down the street or in another country, and you're playing against them. So I've, I played games like that, but I never played a game where in the game you're going through a, the part of the game where it's AI, artificial intelligence of the game, and real people. And see, I didn't know those names that were playing were real people. So when I started this game out, I'm new to it, and I'm playing the game and going through the challenges and everything, and I got these, I don't know what they're, I thought they were AI robots, they're real people, and they're keep, you know, like questioning me, like, hey, get on the line, we'll help you, or whatever. 
And I'm like going, man, this is weird. These AI things are talking to me because I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm telling you, and it's, it would continually pop up. Even my boys, you know, were like, what is this? So it was sort of scary to me. I was going, why is this, why is this happening? Ultimately, I find out what it is. And there were guys that were just wanting to help me, but I didn't know. I was scared. The robots are talking to me. So it was crazy. But that was my journey. But now I have understanding. Now I help others. I help people play the game. Actually, I don't suck. I'm really good, by the way. I'm just saying that. Um, but I am. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm proud to say that. I'm, I'm, I can Sherpa. I'm giving you terms like you guys are like looking at me. What is he talking about? I help people do other parts of the game. And I teach them how to do it. That's how my sons learn how to do it. That's how they do what they do. So anyway, it's, it, you might be thinking, what's the big deal? This is a life lesson. It is completely. Because this is what this is about. I mean, it's not a video game out there, or is it? <laughs> All right, moving right along. I just started getting the movie Matrix in my head. So I, was, I, I just got a little scared for a minute. Is this? All right, moving along. Psalms 118.6, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Now, listen to the scripture because this is the key. Another one, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Hebrews 13.5, verse 6, God says to us, I'll never fail you, I'll never leave you. So we can say with confidence. So we can what? Say with confidence. That's tharero, ario, tharero, which is the word for courageous. Courageous. So that you could say with courage. So that we can be courageous in making this bold statement. The Lord is my helper. You have to be courageous to be able to say this. The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear what people can do to me. You gotta be courageous to make that statement. I'm not gonna have a fear of people. And it's amazing how this is tied to the issue with people because I believe that's one of the most dangerous areas of life concerning your living life is the effect of people upon your life hindering and holding you back and stopping you from being courageous because you're all created to be courageous, every one of you. How do I know that? Because God would never ask you or tell you to do something unless you could. Never. If he's going to say, I need you to be courageous, that means you can be that means you can be. Growing up, I was always involved in sports. Football, basketball, baseball. I was always involved in sports all the way up through high school into college. Always involved in sports. Even after college, involved in sports. And in sports, it's a concept of grasping teamwork if you want to get to a higher level of victory. You can have good players on a team that's not in cohesion, 
and never win a championship, have a hard time winning games. I knew, I, I knew many people growing up that were great, but on bad teams or teams that didn't understand that it's a team game, team sport. And through my life, I recognize to get to a level of success in life, I have to be able to depend on other people. Otherwise, I'm not going to get there. And through my life, I've won many championships. I've been all-star. I've been whatever, all through my life. And to get there, it took other people. Never by yourself. Never because of how great you are, how good you are. You always had to have a team, a group of people that help you get there. Now, you can rise to the top in the midst of that, but I guarantee you the only way you got the championship was because of the team. And it's the same concept in life, in a family, in a, in a church, in a job, the necessity of understanding the power of the team. And so in this message, I want you to understand, I'm not trying to single people out in the position of be courageous just by yourself. I want you to understand we need a teamwork to be able to become the best we can be. Amen? The best we can be. And I believe this, is, this shows constantly in Scripture that we have to recognize, first and foremost, this is what God wants for us. He wants us to understand the power of courage and making that choice. Because it takes courage to be a good husband. It takes courage to be a great wife. It takes courage to be a good parent. It takes courage. It takes courage to be successful in life because without courage, fear is going to run rampant and you're going to be manipulated. You're going to give people empowerment over your life because of fear. And all of a sudden, you are going to fear what people will do to you because you're lacking in courage. Not that you can't have it. It's because you don't really realize it's a choice. It's a choice. You just don't blow out courage and go, I, I've, I've arrived. Courage is a learning process as well. You know, you get over the little bug, and then you get the bigger bugs. And then you get the bigger bugs, and you get into snakes and everything else because you're building up courage over critters. I'm just saying that helps some people in here. But we all have areas that we're like going, ew. I remember um, Pastor Lau and I are certified scuba divers. We haven't scuba dived since we've had kids, but we are certified, all right? But we, we are both certified. We have our, you still have your little ID? I carry it around in my wallet. Scuba diver. Can I get a discount? <laughs> but I know it, it's pretty cool to be able to say that, though, you know? But I remember doing the lesson and going to the pool and finally going down underwater I'm telling you what, man, I am not, I am, I'm a courageous person. I can go out hunting in a no place I've never been with no fear whatsoever, in pitch black, pitch dark, knowing there's all kinds of critters out there, mountain lions and bears, and it doesn't matter. Um, you know, the gun and the bow could help, but anyway, it's, but I, but I, I, I don't have fear in these things. Um, but there have been times when I've had fear. And, you know, I've told you stories of, I, I used to, we used to, in Oklahoma, 
the associate pastor, and I was a youth pastor at this church, we loved to fish these little ponds in Oklahoma. Man, bass would get so big there. But a lot of these farm ponds, you had to get through areas that, that had water moccasins. Oh, gosh. I'm just snakes. I'm not, like, good with snakes. I'd, like, I'd rather kill them, all of them. And it's because I'm a very spiritual person because the devil was a serpent. <laughs> I'm trying to work my way into success in this. But anyway, but this guy, actually, he was a championship. He was a Navy. Uh, um, I forgot. I forgot what, what, what position he was in the Navy, but he was on an aircraft carrier, a helicopter aircraft carrier, one of the helicopter ones. I don't know the name of it. But they had a boxing league. And in his weight class, he was number one. So this guy's big. He's, he's strong, tough. And, you know, I'm not no spaghetti. And so, so we would go and we'd see the pond and there'd be all this thick grass before the pond. And we'd both look at each other. Got this? I got this. Because we know we got to go through this grass you can't see and there's going to be water, and we know they're snakes because we've had them drop out of trees. So we're looking at this, and we're like going, you ready? I'm ready. On the count of three. One, two, three. And we would run through that field like two little girls. I mean, it was not, I'm not, you didn't see, you did not see coolness. You did not see, you know, number one boxer, stud athlete. You would see, ah! <laughs> Get to the other side. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Praise God there wasn't like iPhones and all that back then. Because, see, if I didn't tell you that, you'd think, nah, he got this, he got this. Nah, I was scared, scared big time. There was time we got these float tubes. They're little float tubes you sit in and you can fish. Cool things to have, unless there's water moccasins. So we'd go to lakes and we'd be fishing, both of us. And all of a sudden, we're, we're getting in the area where the bass are, and then a watermark falls in the water. What do we do? In the name of Jesus, hit that snake. No, drop the poles in the water. We're going, ah, 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 screaming. I'd like to forget those times of my life. I'm just sharing with you, there were times when I've been not courageous, but those are because they were just split second things happening or things that I wasn't processing. But the thing is, it didn't make me a fearful person. I had to just overcome that and make a choice. So what I'm saying is there are going to be times when, you know, you might go, ah, snake. That doesn't mean you're not courageous. All right. It means you're using a little wisdom. You're a spiritual person that understands the times. I'm trying to make me look good, by the way, if you didn't get that. Okay, moving right along. So we want to understand that to live a courageous life and to experience this, there are going to be times when we're not all that. But that doesn't mean we can't be. We just got to realize in this choice of courage, we have to recognize the responsibility to grasp the understanding and knowledge for the situation. What does God say? What does God want? What do we have in our knowledge? I've known 
people that have gone through cancer and, and have the battle for their lives and, and have to fight fear and this and that, have to fight and, and, and overcome all kinds of different difficulties in that battle because of the information they had. And then you look at little kids dealing with that same thing, and they don't have a bunch of information. And they can go through the same exact thing like, when's this over? When's this over? Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Why? Are you trying to tell me there's baby cancer and there's adult cancer? I'm just asking. Is, is there the one that's really bad, bad, but the other one isn't bad, bad? No, cancer is satanic. It's evil. It's, it's disgusting. But how, how does that happen where one is every single day in constant fear and anxiety, losing hope, and the other ones, what other game can we play? What's the deal? You tell me a little child has more power, more strength? No. What's the deal? Right here. Right here. That's why I like to let people know, listen, sometimes it's not good to get a bunch of information. And it's so available. But a lot of times when you're in a battle or a fight or anything, you need to get away from Google. Quit talking to Alexa. Is that her name? Is it Alexa? Okay. I don't talk to her. I don't know. What's the other one's name? Siri. Okay. How come they're not like Bob or Harry? They want women to be the, the smartest, right? True. Anyway. <laughs> Expecting a great day today. <laughs> All right, let's move right along. Joshua chapter 1. To live life above normal, living beyond normal, it's going to require courage. Normal life is going to be a life that's pretty much, you're, not, you're living second best. It's a life that you have a lot of dreams, but there's going to be no fulfillment. I'll say that again. Living normal is going to create more of a life of dreams than reality. It's going to be something you're always wishing and hoping for. And it's something that we're not created to do. We're created to expect. Believe it or not, that's how our DNA is. We're created to expect. That's why it's, it, once you get into it, you find out how much easier it is uh, to operate in. But you got to get past that barrier. All of us have this barrier we got to break through. I, I had it, and, and, you know, through my journey as a follower of Jesus, you know, I can tell you, you know, certain times in my life where I had to break through the barrier. And the barrier has always been the wrong information, always the wrong information. And I break in with new information. It's so cool because that's exactly what I can look at from the time where I started this thing. And moving forward, it was always an information issue. Once the information was able to be download, downloaded and I was able to press aside um, the, the negative, I was able to overcome whatever barrier was before me. 
So what I want you to do is I want you to be able to look at these scriptures because, again, this Old Testament gives us a picture. It's this example, this, this picture of something we can look at and go, okay, that relates to what I'm dealing with today. And one thing about the story of what we're going to read about is, is it is a picture of the person that received Jesus and the process of coming out of which the world is called Egypt or what we will call the world, coming out of the world and into our new life and what that involves, what is required in this new life and what belongs to us. Because you're not born on this earth with nothing. You're born on this earth with parents. And those parents then are going to supply. Now, what that is, it, it all depends on the parents. You know, where, how they're trained, you know, what type of job, what type of, of upbringing, so on and so forth. But the point is, is you're born into something that you now have. You guys get this. You're born into something you now have. And so you now will grow into that information. Well, when I received Jesus, I received a new birth. I'm born into this new family. My responsibility is to learn what's in this family. That's why it's so much easier and so much better if you can get your kids into a good Bible-believing, not religious-believing, but Bible-believing church, and that they're being raised in this information as well as you, because if you don't grow, you are creating a bunch of religious kids. I've seen them by the hundreds through the process of the church, where they're all going through this, but the parents don't live the Christian life. They fake it. So when they get home, all the stuff they learn here becomes deleted, because they see mom and dad, fakey, not walking it. They're hearing the info. I'm telling you right now. I trust my kids from the beginning all the way through. I trust the information they're getting. I trust it. And so I need to also recognize that our life is the source, and this is secondary, a help. Because if I ain't living it out there, none of they do, nothing they do is going to stick because they're going to get to this age over here, you know, that teenage where you know everything or you think you do. And once they get there, all of a sudden, that's when they start questioning. And the quicker they can look at a parent and go, it aligns up with everything, the quicker their life turns past this. But what happens is, most, I hate saying that, most don't see it. Most see the hallelujah, God provides. And out there they go, God never provides. God never does it. We're never going to, never, never. That's what they're being taught. So if, if I'm talking to anyone in here, just change. Very simple, just change. As a matter of fact, that's one of the greatest testimonies, the most powerful testimony that you can teach anyone, that you can screw up for a long time but change is possible. I believe that's just as important as anything else. So there have been people that they're coming late in the game and their kids are older 
and they've, you know, their, their upbringing was, you know, doing drugs in front of the kids. Their upbringing was drinking. Their upbringing was cursing, whatever, just ugly stuff, but all of a sudden, Jesus is now owner of their life. And they have this dilemma of kids that are raised outside of being a follower of Jesus. Well, that's, that's not easy work. That's hard work. On the flip side, it can be you, they were trained religiously all life. Either way, there's a process that has to take place. And the position of a parent is to go, I was off. I was wrong. People don't like that. They'd rather hold you to the wrong because they don't want to change. They don't want to see the ability of change. It's not from the heart going, I just want an evil life. It's the battle that takes place just in our human nature, the war against our nature and our spirit. And it's going to be continual. So the quicker we can get that information across that, hey, I'm not perfect, I'm going to blow it. You know what? We're going to keep pressing on. Amen? I need to change. I'm going to change. Amen? It's beautiful. See, this is a life story. This isn't a church story. This is a life story. And it should give you hope. Because if you're looking at, say, your husband or your wife or your kids or whatever, and all you do is define your answer through perfection, you might as well just quit because that ain't going to work. It'll never work that way. Perfection is defined as you watch too many soap operas, and that's how you're defining. They're acting, people. They're acting. How many of those actors and actresses even stay married? How many marriages are they going through? Even the ones you think are good don't make it. So don't go that way. It's, it's, it's you know, you, you're trying to pull a hallmark life out of your husband. You know they play Christmas movies through the whole year, Right? That is not real anyway. And they're the same actors. You ever notice that? I mean, just saying, just saying. Now, I got to watch myself because there are some people that they love Hallmark and they're getting mad at me right now. And that's fine. You can love it all you want. Moving right along. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend. Get ready. Your territory will extend. From the desert to Lebanon, the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that in the Hebrew uh, language. It uses a double negative. He says, no, no, I will never, never leave you. No, never will I forsake you emphasizes that. That's what God says to us. Don't ever look as a follower of Jesus ever, ever, ever think that God left you because he never has. Never. He's, he's not going to leave you. So no matter what you're going through, recognize that he's there 
that's the, the most important thought you need. He's there. He said, I'm not going to leave you. Oh, you're going to screw up and you're going to think all kinds of thoughts. But I'm telling you what, those are your thoughts, not his thoughts. And he clarified that information. He said, these are the thoughts I think toward you. And when God's thinking about you, it's not how you're thinking about yourself. Understand that. The quicker you get this and quit trying to argue this point, the better your life will be. Hey, I get it. You can win. You can, you can win the battle of convincing us how sucky you are, how bad you are. Guarantee it. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because that's not how God sees you. It isn't. That's not God's plan or God's will, God's view. That's you. Like I said, you can talk a good game. But when it comes down to it, what does he say and think about you? Because that's the key. Y'all got this? I, I, I like to tell single people that are looking to get married, don't believe what they're saying. No, talk to people that really know them. They'll tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. It, you. You need to get around the people that are around them all the time. And how they treat and act toward all them is exactly what you're going to get amplified. But most single people, they, they, they're doing the dumb thing. And then it's like they don't even want to, they, they don't even want to look at what is necessary for success in life in a Marriage, relationship, it just, they want to look at fantasy land. Oh, but he's got a nice car. No, it's his mom's car, not even his. But see, that they don't go that way. Uh, anyway, I, I can go all over the place with this stuff. So there, just in the first five verses, you see three things that God is trying to tell Joshua. He tells him to what? Get ready to cross. See, like I started a little bit ago, I was, I was getting ready to go into the picture of what the Old Testament does. It gives us picture of what we're living right now. And that picture is we've been delivered out of Egypt or a type of this world system. And what I mean by that is, is, is as you are living your life, you are part of another group. That group is the group called humankind. Started from Adam, go all the way up. It's, it's nonstop. And so when you start looking at that, and it is a nature, a seed issue, to come out of that, you have to have a new nature. See, when, we're, when the Bible talks about the issue between God and you, it's never talking about fruit, it's never talking about sins. It's not. That's what religion does. Religion wants to talk about the, the orange on the orange tree, the apple on the apple tree, the kumquat, the pomegranate, the lemon, the lime. Oh, look at those lemons. You're so bad. And that's what religion looks at. But God doesn't. Does God look at the tree? Yeah. He looks at the apple tree, nature, not the fruit. The nature. The issue of life isn't about the fruits, the sins. It's the nature 
The nature has to change. When you change the nature, then you have the ability to change whatever you need to. But the thing is, nature must change. So the sin nature is the problem. And when you receive Jesus, you get a new nature. That's why he says you have a new creation. Old things are passed away. That old nature passed away. Behold, all things become new. What he's saying is, is it's now realize everything's new. You have to learn this new life, this new family, this new papa. You have to learn what's in your house, what belongs to you. And so Israel is delivered out of Egypt, slaves for hundreds of years, delivered out of Egypt, and now God takes them into a place for success, a promised land. He delivers them out of this world, this bondage, this, this slave life into this free life. That's the, that's the picture of the Christian faith. Delivered out of slavery. And you might be thinking, what do you mean? I'm never a slave. In the, in the nature that you were part of, you were a slave. You, you see it in all kinds of things in life, difficulties, sins, issues, just everything in life is tied to the nature. But now you've been delivered, but that doesn't make you free from it because it's the process of information that's the change now. So now you have the new nature. Now you have to change how you act according to the new nature. This is the problem with Christianity. Most Christians have a new nature, but they don't change the way they think. So that means you stay the same. You cuss before, you cuss now. You drink before, you drink now. It, it's the same exact thing. Now, you can, you can religiously force yourself to stop certain things, but that doesn't give you freedom. You're still bound to how you think. You got to change how you think. It's so simple. Change the way you think. Your, your whole emotion, your emotional life, happy, sadness, anger, fear, it's all tied to how you think. Nothing but thought. If you're a fearful person, all you have to do is pay attention to all your thoughts. If you're an angry person, all you have to do is pay attention to all your thoughts. I'm going to tell you right now. i tell you exactly what they're going to be. They're going to be filled with anger, frustration, hate. It will be. Fearful people, you're always thinking fearful thoughts. Your emotions are only tied to what you think. If you get a bad news, bad news, you're not going to jump on and get all happy. Oh, praise God. Why? Because the news requires the emotion to follow through with that information. Bad negative requires the emotion to follow. That's why scripture is difficult because we're so used to this, this, now God's saying this, don't act that way. Yeah, but I should be sad. Why? What information requires you? I'm not saying that you can't be sad or you can't feel lost or you can't go through grief. I'm not saying that at all because what that becomes is a choice or a process, but it never has control over you. If it has control over you, you are un, you're not in control in life. That means you're just living the old way. So what we have to do is we have to recognize this stuff because what matters is, is, and this is the key, 
We're still on this earth. This is the plan of God. And the plan of God is, is for people to receive Jesus and to experience this life abundantly, which Jesus said, and then to process this life of being free, who the son says free is free indeed, and to live this life out for what purpose? Just for me? No, so that people can experience and see the goodness of God. Because when you come into a church that I believe that's really walking this out, someone out in the world's gonna go, this is different. This is, this is not what I expected. This is different. Why? Because we don't match the MO of a religious church. The Christians have a problem with it. They're the only one, the religious people, but that is exactly what Jesus had to go through. The Son of God came down and religious wanted to kill him. I mean, come on, people, wake up. You think you can rely on religious people trying to tell you right or wrong in freedom? I'm telling you, you, you you're lost. You, you need to get back to reading Scripture because once you start reading the Gospels, you're going to go, well, wait a minute, yeah. Those religious will do everything they can to keep you under bondage or to keep you from being free. Think about how many times a person was healed and they hated the person that was healed. How come? Because they were free and they don't like it. They don't want them free. I, does it make sense? No, but that's how religion is. It will never make sense as far as truth. It's always trying to keep you under bondage. Always trying to keep you from being free. But Jesus said, he who the son says free is free indeed. You have to choose to go back under bondage. You have to choose it. Don't make that choice, okay? Let's choose to be free. Just like we're going to choose to be courageous because God's going to tell Joshua, he said, listen, I need you to get ready. Get ready what? Cross the Jordan? What is that? I believe that's a, it's a, it's a line drawn in the sand or the water, all right? And that line is the... the the key that we need to recognize in the courageous life is, is we've got to go into our future and let go of our past. The past is there. Get ready to cross over. Get ready to get rid of your past and move forward. Because see, Joshua is the second generation. The first generation continued to fight for their life of slavery. And that's sad to say most Christians. They continue to fight for their right to be a slave. You look at it and go, how in the world can people be like this? Because it's, it's, you're going through the motions. It's not life. It's fake. You read the Bible, fake. You pray, it's fake. It's not even life. And, it's, and sad to say, it's not because people choose to be this way. It's because they've been trained this way. And that training is difficult to let go of because you've been this way for so long. I've had people in church many, many times. They're trained religiously and they still battle it. It's difficult for them to hear freedom because, again, it's a training issue. But for those that understand and hear what I'm saying right now, also understand this. That is the definition of life. We're all trained in a lot of negative stuff. And then we get new information. You'd think we'd all change right away, but do we? No, we don't. So it's the same thing, same thing. 
So don't think when I'm talking religion and the difficulty of getting over it that I'm looking down on you like you're, you know, a lower class citizen. No, it's exactly what we do in life. It's amazing. We know we're screwing up in this area and we get the information and we fight for the right to stay dumb. It's, it's silly, isn't it? That's the nature. That's the warfare we deal with. And we got to overcome, amen? But here he says, get ready. Second, it says, your territory extends. What is a slave not used to? Freedom. What is a slave used to not having? Freedom. That's it. Freedom. A slave now is bound to someone else's will. In other words, they tell you how to live life. You have lack. You have bondage. And God now sets them free. What have they been trained in? Generation after generation. Slavery. So when they get out into freedom, what do they do? They constantly want to go back to what's comfortable. I'm talking to people right now. You will go back into what you believe is comfortable. It never was comfortable. But you assume, you feel, you think. This is a little scary out here. That's why you need to be courageous. You got to be in a place where you go, you know what? I'm going for it. What, what do I got to lose? I'm telling you, what do you got to lose? Think about it. In religion, everything. But in truth, you don't have nothing to lose. It's a better life. It's a freer life. Because you're not going to hear the, the message of perfection. You're not going to hear the message of do's and don'ts. You're going to hear the message of truth that gives you the choice, but empowers you to be able to say no empowers you to go, you know what? That's not good for my life. It's even in the area of food. And you know that if you come to love life. And I know lunch is coming, so don't get all scared right now and start losing courage. But isn't it true? I mean, we do. We, we drive you to eat better. Why? Because I believe in teamwork. And I believe that if you don't, you're not as healthy. And being not healthy affects the team. Health. I didn't throw out what weight you should be, what fat percentage. No way. I ain't going to do that. I'm going to tell you, I want you healthy. That journey's yours, but I want you healthy. Okay? That's it. I want you healthy. I want you healthy. I want to win the championship. The kingdom of God championship. <laughs> I don't want to lose. So territory expands. So we got to cross over, let go of the past, move forward, and recognize that God wants territory, new life, places you've never been before, vacations you've never had before. He wants you to look out there and go, man, this is big. This is big. This is bigger than you could ever ask or think. And that's a little scary for a slave because we're used to being told when to eat, when to go to the bathroom. When to work, when to stop work. We're told how to live, how to say, how to speak, how to look. And all of a sudden, we're free. It's like, ooh, big out there. But this is what God wants us to understand. There's going to be a warfare. There's going to be a fight. And mainly, it's going to be from you and others. But you need to grab hold of this truth. He wants you to have all the promises that his family can receive. And they're every one of them. The third thing he does is he says this, I will be with you. 
I don't know about you, but that's probably the most comforting words when it comes to you're going to go out in a place you've never been before. I want you to cross a river you've never done before. I want you to go to a place that can be a little lonely. But I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. But that one, I can make it. Because I know him. Oh, my God. It's taken a long time to get to this place. But with the information I have, it should be a lot shorter for you guys. Okay? A lot shorter. But just know that this is the heart of God when he says, when I come in, I'm staying there. He doesn't buy a round-trip U-Haul. Because he says he comes and moves into your life it's, it's one way. He's, he's bringing in the furniture and he's putting everything in your life. And he's not going nowhere. Because you're a new creation. You're, you're, you're brand new. You're born again. You're part of his family. You're a son. You're his daughter. That's how he sees you. Yeah, I know you don't see yourself that way. Yeah, you got a lot of issues, a lot of hangups, a lot of things you're dealing with. Get that. Don't we all, or haven't we all, We've all gone through stuff. Some of us, we're still dealing with issues. Things that happened years ago, we're still dealing with. But you know what? He's still with you. He's going to finish this to the end. I just need to understand that. No matter where you are at right now, God's plan is to finish this thing to the end. What he starts, he will complete. Now, how you live this walk and how you experience it, that's going to be your choice. He's not going to force you. He's not going to make, he didn't make the first generation move in. Joshua's generation, by the way, 19 years old and under. Is that amazing? You don't see that when you read the story. You don't hear that when you hear, anybody got an audible Bible? or one of the drama Bibles, I guarantee you when you hear voices in certain areas of scripture, like Joshua, you'll hear the voices of them saying, Joshua, we're gonna follow you, but make sure you're strong and good courage. They'll have an old man doing it. Joshua, we'll follow you. Listen, there wasn't no old man with Joshua and Caleb. They were 19 and under. So it was more like, Joshua, no, their voice has changed. It was more like, dude, we're going to follow you all the way, yo. Man, that's stupid. But we don't look at it that way. Just like we don't look at the disciples being young, which they were. We get robbed because of a religious concept. I was listening, I, well, I listen all the time, but I was listening to a part where um, Abraham, is, uh, his wife has died and now he's wanting a wife for his son, Isaac. And this is how they make his voice. Get my boy a son, a, a wife. Go. And just like he's some old, crickety old man. And the next chapter, he's getting remarried and have four kids. I'm telling you, religion will rob you if you don't know the truth. And I listen to those things and I go, man, that's so wrong. It's so wrong. But 
they got to go through this picture of trying to rationalize their view of life and what the Bible teaches, and it's not usually the same thing. So all I'm saying is, is let's, let's live and focus differently. And this is part one, by the way. So part two is coming. But what I need you to get is, is first and foremost that before God gets into the major teaching on courage, being courageous, he lays down the information that's required. And that is, you got to cross over. It, it, it's not stand back and I'll do everything for you. It's cross over. Let's get to the other side. Let's get going. The second thing he says is, it's big. God is amazing. And he's not going to water down the scripture because you're new in the faith. He's like throwing out. He, he's like, you've never experienced a good Christmas before. And you never got gifts. And you never had really anything. And he takes you to, let's pretend Toys R Us is still there. And he takes you to Toys R Us and he says, everything's yours. You're going to, you, you, what are you going to do? Freak out. You're going to go, nah, uh, and probably go over and get like a, a little candy ball. Go, okay, you got something. I'm scared of the aisles. But that's what God's doing to us. He's like, come on, I want to take you into Toys R Us. And look at that. It's all yours. But see, you're not used to that. And it's scary. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's what he's doing to you. That's why you feel this, this, this drive to, I want more of this. Please understand this. It's the goodness of God that leads people. I know it uses the term repentance, but the truth is, is the truth. It leads, the goodness of God leads people to change and turn direction in their life. And that's what it means. Terminology repentance is a religious term, but it literally means is you're turning the direction for change. And it's through what? His goodness. How many times do you equate Christianity to God being good? You kidding me? Most of the time, it's God's mean. He's going to kick you out and throw you into hell. Or he's looking at some way to say, I'm done with you. And that's most of the world's view of God. And I'm here to say it's a fat lie. A big fat lie. Not a skinny one. A big fat one. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Hang on a telephone wire lie. That, in my younger days, was the worst lie there was. All I'm saying is, is I want you to know that he's for you. He's never going to leave you. And that helps me go across the water and look at a place that's sort of scary. But guess what? My papa's here with me. But we can do this. He's with me. Who can be against me? God is for me. Who can be against me? Are you going to go into some battles in life? Yes, you are. Challenges? Certainly. Why? Because that's what life's about. It's growing in knowledge. You're going to be that noob in that video game, and yeah, you're going to suck, and no one's wanting to play with you. But as you keep practicing, you can become better and better and better. KD is ruling the planet. 
I'm going in an area I shouldn't be talking. Kill to death ratio, moving right along. The truth is, is I screwed up the end of this message by doing that. The truth is, is this is what God wants for your life. He wants freedom, but it's going to be tied to make the choice to be courageous. Now, I'm going to get in a deeper understanding of this, but what I need you to do is understand this. You don't need a deeper one to walk in this. All you need to do is choose it. Choose to go beyond what you're afraid to do. You can do this. He's with you, and it's wide open out there. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the word and thank you for the truth of the word of God. And I pray that every person that's listening to this has been, they've got a tug on their heart, like going, I want this life. I want to be a part of this life. If you've never received Jesus, like you give you the opportunity to receive Jesus, people out there in, in, in uh, the live stream, I know there are many out there that you're hearing this, that you're like going, man, this is good stuff. I want something like this. Well, here's your opportunity. I want you to ask Jesus to come to your life. That's all. We're going to do it simple. We're not going to get into a religious prayer or anything. I just want you to ask Jesus to come into your life. And when you ask him, when you talk to him, when you're saying, I want you to come in, I want this new life, he's going to do it. He's going to be tied to your will. And your will is choosing, I want Jesus. That's it. That's all you're doing. Don't worry about life after this. This is your journey. This is the beginning. The key is becoming brand new, the new birth. And it takes place right now. Say this with me and receive Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I don't get all this stuff, but I believe in you. And so I ask you, come into my life. I'm asking you, Jesus, to save me. And I thank you because your word says that you will come into my life if I call on your name. That's what I did. Call in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Just keep your heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you've never done this before, can you just raise your hand for me? I have something for you. Good job, buddy. Just pray, because I, I have a little pamphlet that's going to help you if anyone else here out there. I know many of you people out there in the live stream. I, when we just know this, when we turn off, don't worry about making a, hurrying up on this. We'll keep it live. And once you make that choice, click the button. We just want to know that you're hearing and you receive Jesus. It's very important. It, listen, it only does the church good because this is the body of Christ. And we're a big family all over the world. And when you receive Jesus, you become part of that. So I want to thank every one of you that received the Lord. I want you to know that this is special and it's something that your journey just began. So don't worry about it. Recognize it's going to be a process, but it's a good one. I believe God to do great things in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Love you guys. You're awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.